1: Dale Gumpa-Wale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus, fighting Irish hockey.
2: They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame.
1: Terren Pritchett.
2: Also alongside is Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndiesports.com. We welcome you to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on this Wednesday, December the 13th of 2023. Many platforms have us available right now the old-fashioned way on the radio 960 AM at WSBTradio.com the WSBT radio app video feed of the studio on the Twitch app you can get the podcasts on all the places you get podcasts including there are links when Eric is on the show on the message boards at InsideIndieSports.com that's true I would not lie about those things (laughs) <laughs> well, it's good to have everybody with us. Still lots of news happening surround, surrounding this Notre Dame football program that's getting set for a bowl game in 15 days. It, it's kind of like on the back burner it with everything like else. It seems like it's
3: on the back burner.
2: I mentioned last night, if you listed 10 things happening with Notre Dame football right now, it feels like the bowl game's number 10 with everything else happening with this program. Well, it's great to have Eric with us because... I'm going to pick his brain about several things, including the big story of the week. And I think it's fair to say it'll be the big story of the offseason. Duke quarterback Riley Leonard yesterday saying, you betcha, to the Fighting Irish. And he is their starting quarterback for 2024, unless somebody ups their game and beats him out. I mean, I guess anything's possible, but Riley's coming to town to take over as the Fighting Irish starting quarterback. But we're going to begin just to recap what has happened today. If you are not someone that's on social media, you've missed a lot today. A lot of things have happened surrounding this Notre Dame football team. We'll catch up. We'll catch up right here in this segment. The first off is not going to surprise you. We've been expecting it. Today was the day it was announced on social media But Notre Dame offensive tackle Joe Alt is off to the National Football League. He's going to bypass the Sun Bowl, and he'll get ready for the NFL draft where he could be a top 10 pick in the 2024 National Football League draft. For a guy in his freshman year that started on the bench, got inserted into the starting lineup, and Eric, that freshman year, What's the year Jack Cone was the starting quarterback and there were moments that you felt like Jack Cone might have gone to the bench, even though I'm not sure it was warranted. The offensive line was kind of a mess at that time. Joe Alt was part of the solution. And from that point on, Eric, he took off and he has elevated his game to be in the conversation for the, one of the best offensive tackles in recent memory for this Fighting Irish football program.
3: And, and it's really interesting with both both Blake Fisher and Joe Alt, because underclassmen have been able to go into the NFL draft since 1989, and among true juniors, no offensive lineman from Notre Dame had ever taken advantage of that. Other positions had, and you've had Quentin Nelson, who had a fifth year that he turned down for example, but you didn't – and Ronnie Stanley, too. Quinton was close, but there were yeah. things he believed yeah. in
2: Brian Kelly that you talked about way back when.
3: But but now, all of a sudden, you have two in the same year. So two juniors, two junior offensive linemen going to the
2: NFL. All right, so Joe Alt couldn't have done it any better. He was absolutely fantastic, and probably tomorrow – we can call him consensus All American. Can call,
3: to, call him unanimous All American. He's already a consensus.
2: Okay, so it'll be unanimous consensus. <laughs> unanimous I don't know. And consensus. He won everything. How about well, that?
3: <laughs> there are, there are more than a hundred consensus All America selections in Notre Dame okay. history. He would be the thirty-fifth, and Watts is in line two, the thirty-sixth. So you're talking about five guys in the 2000s that have been mm. unanimous All-Americans, never a safety, so Watts would be the first, and Joe Alt would be the second offensive tackle joining Aaron Taylor since two-platoon football became a thing in 1965.
2: You know what's interesting, and I'm not degrading the award, but isn't it interesting that if you have an MVP of the Irish defense, it may not be Xavier Watts, even though he won The big honor of the Nagurski, you can make an argument Howard Cross was the MVP of the team on defense.
3: You could make that argument. And it's interesting because Howard has been very consistent. He has gotten of the big five All-America teams, which the fifth one is tomorrow, the coaches association. He's been second team on four, all four of them to this point. So, which doesn't get you consensus or unanimous honors. It gets you a big pat on the back and probably a nice little plaque. But, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, walking in the door, that was a three-star defensive end that a lot of people thought would never play. And here he is, a second-team
2: All-American. He was one of those guys that was probably more well-known because he's the son of a pretty good New York Giant tight end back in the day. And he turned out to be a great player. and. Now there's kind of another giant tie-in that we'll get to in a moment. Okay. So, Joe Alt to the NFL, no surprise. Linebacker Jack Kaiser is coming back for a sixth season with the Fighting Irish football program. This is an interesting one. I wasn't sure what he was going to do, but here's a player that is taken off the field a lot, but still at the end of the day had 59 total tackles, a pick, a sack, And Pro Football Focus, if you believe their work, he was the best defensive player, ratings-wise, in their system that Notre Dame put on the field in 2023. Yet he was not on the field at all times for Al Golden's defense. So how would you put into perspective getting Jack Kaiser back, what it means to whether it's Al Golden's defense or somebody else's defense in 2024?
3: I think this is one of those sneaky, super significant returns. Uh, I think he's one of the most, not just on Notre Dame's team, one of the most underrated college football (laughs) players there is. I mean, consistently with pro football focus every week, it would be like incredibly productive and not that many opportunities. He made the most of it. And then you get this leadership piece. You get, um, the knowledge base you know yeah. institutional knowledge base with this huge wave of athletic up-and-coming linebackers the perfect guy to say here's how it's done
2: position flexibility helps position too. flexibility I
3: mean. you know so you know he will get a shot at probably either inside position we'll see what the best fit is how that shakes out but he's going to play a lot and he's going to contribute a lot I mean I think that was uh, and and he went into the season thinking this was going to be his last year I think a couple things changed he didn't play as much as he would have liked to and Marist Leofow leaving I think affected him I think the thought was Marist would want to come back build his NFL resume yeah because Jack Kaiser has like 86 degrees um (laughs) from Notre Dame I'm serious (laughs) um and so this is this is one of those moves that are, I think, nationally under the radar. That's really going to help Notre Dame if they can. If Xavier Watts comes back, this is that would be as and then Riley Mills is still out there too. Yeah, I that's mean, they right. They could be a really really dominating defense. No matter who's coordinating, you and I will coordinate it next year and have a dominating defense. And then we'll get criticized by ourselves on the radio show.
2: (laughs) Why did you change my call? My goodness. I I was bringing the the safety blitz on third down and seven. Why why did you change it? It never goes wrong, Eric. Well, I'll just call Jack Kaiser the consensus week-to-week leader at Pro Football Focus. How about that? I think that's great. All right, we'll do that. Also today, from the transfer portal, Notre Dame picked up Duke defensive end, R.J. Oban, he's 6'4", 260 pounds, with the Dukies last year, 17 tackles. He had five sacks last season. So is this the perfect way for Marcus Freeman, Al Golden, whomever, to fill some vacancies left behind by Javante Jean-Baptiste and also, I guess, Asafa Mensa as well?
3: Right. This is a plug-and-play addition for Notre Dame you can just say okay this is going to be our starting field end next year and what the hope is that he has a similar growth curve to what uh Javante Jean Baptiste had this year big which is big I would say this walking in the door Oban is above where JJB was walking in the door Um, he's had many more opportunities has much more experience Certainly a, a big guy in terms of sacks. He needs to round out his run defense, just like J.J.B. did. And I think that's certainly possible in this defense. And really behind uh, R.J. are a lot of really intriguing ifs, but they're ifs nonetheless. You have Aiden Byer coming off an ACL. You have maybe Brennan Vernon Maybe Tyson Ford moving back out there. You have Bryce Young coming in yeah. as a freshman. So you have a lot of talented guys. You could certainly move one of the Vipers over, but he really stabilizes that position. Now if Riley Mills comes back, you have all that depth at Viper. You have Riley Mills, Howard Cross, and a guy, R.J. Oben who gets pressure on the quarterback at the other defensive end spot, I think that's a pretty nice place to be. And then if you have Xavier Watts, Benjamin Morrison, Christian Gray, uh, Jaden Mickey in your secondary and then probably a portal safety, and you think about all that talent at linebacker mixing with Jack Kaiser's talent and experience, suddenly you go, okay, well, they probably can get a defensive coordinator to coach them for free.
2: When you started at the South Bend Tribune, had I told you in the decade of the 2020s that a big part of adding players to the Irish roster would be coming from Harvard, Northwestern, and Duke, what would have been your reaction back then? (laughs) Isn't that crazy?
3: It is crazy. Um, Yeah, I never envisioned the portal thing because – players weren't transferring to Notre Dame. There weren't even scholarship to scholarship transfers with guys sitting out. You'd have guys sometimes coming from the Ivy league, walking on and then earning a scholarship or, you know, eventually you started getting into it with really rare exceptions. Amir Carlisle was one of the first ones, Jordan Prestwood, who didn't last. Interestingly enough, Uh, Alohi Gilman, And then all of a sudden the portal era came and everything changed with football, which is unsettling to a lot of people. There's so many changes coming in at so many different areas. It's hard when you've grown up loving the game as it is with all these changes. It's hard to kind of take them all at once.
2: But then you look at those of us in the media. It's made December quite intriguing. Like I said to you, I think recently – we used to spend December asking questions. What is the offensive line going to learn in these fifteen bowl practices? Now we don't even talk about the bowl game.
3: We really don't. How well, do I... and that's another aspect that's changed yeah. in the chat. I don't know if we'll get to those. I'm not types sure either. Questions, Maybe tomorrow. But, okay, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's more of a preview of 2024 than it is. Here's an exclamation point for 2023. R- really, when you do the post, and our poll does not vote post-bowl, um, the AP poll does, how much do you factor in the bowl games when Little. they're not really the teams that no. played all year?
2: Little. Yeah. Personally, no. It's it's very, very minimal. In fact, you look at some stats that came out today, and I, I don't remember who posted it. I think it was Brad Powers, actually, that – The teams who have lost the most players entering the bowl season, Notre Dame and Oregon State were both in the top five. (laughs) I think 20 combined between the two schools. And then this little nugget just a little bit ago, Pete Thamel reports that Arizona State quarterback Drew Pine is enrolling back at Notre Dame in January for the spring semester to earn his degree in American Studies and minor in Business Economics. He will not play football at Notre Dame this spring and plans to graduate in May. So we just have a reunion. If you played quarterback at Notre Dame, you're coming back. We got Tyler Buckner playing lacrosse. We got Drew Pine wrapping up his degree. So your 2022 quarterbacks are back on campus. (laughs) Just bizarre. Really, really bizarre. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, I want to dig into – Riley Leonard picking the fighting Irish, Notre Dame's new starting quarterback. Eric and I chatted for probably 10 minutes about this on the phone yesterday. It was supposed to be only two minutes. I kept blabbing, and it lasted 10 minutes. I'm glad Eric appreciates my conversation because he could have hung up on me. But I want to ask him what he thinks this means for the Irish offense. And there's just so many other things that go along with Riley Leonard and how this is all going to work. We'll dig into some of it. Probably the whole story is like reading War and Peace, but we'll try to narrow it down into a 20 minute segment next <laughs> here on Sports Radio 960, WSBT.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Case by. The fake, Meyer looking, Meyer finding the other tight end, Irv Smith, touchdown. Fire, by rocket, touchdown, Irish. Here's your host, Darren Preachett.
2: Alongside Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com, while you're listening to the program, you should log on to InsideIndieSports.com for more detailed information on everything that we are talking about. On tonight's program, that's InsideIndieSports.com, part of the Rivals Network. And one week from today is National Signing Day. So that'll be a rip-roaring day at InsideIndieSports.com. If you want to use that as your tagline, rip-roaring time at InsideIndieSports.com. Well, I'm sure yesterday was a rip-roaring day with all the hits, people wanting to get the latest information On the big news of the offseason here in South Bend, the Irish have their quarterback. Marcus Freeman wanted a fourth scholarship quarterback, and he has brought in Riley Leonard from Duke. It felt like as soon as Leonard went into the portal, this is where he was going to end up. When you see that, don't contact me in the portal, he had somewhere in mind. And you know what? (laughs) It was the University of Notre Dame. So, Eric, let's just dig into this because I think this is a a fun conversation. Right. Riley Leonard is not the best quarterback in the portal, but in my estimation, Eric, from the ones Notre Dame could get, he is the best. That's where I start the conversation. They got a really interesting quarterback, and I don't know if you agree with this. We haven't talked about this, but I don't know if this is a fair thing to say, but I'll start it by saying this. Knowing what we know now. I look back that maybe Notre Dame got a quarterback in Sam Hartman who had reached his ceiling. You get a guy in Riley Leonard from Duke, I feel like there is a ceiling that he has yet to achieve or has the possibility to get to that level. Whether he can get there here is something we can talk about in a moment. But you watched, like all of us, Riley Leonard play against Notre Dame this year. We also watched him – kind of dazzle us against Clemson in the first game of the year. Against Notre Dame, he was 12 of 27, but he faced the number one pass efficiency defense in the country. So a lot of quarterbacks had a rough day against Notre Dame. Let me begin by asking this. What do you believe Notre Dame is getting in Riley Leonard? Let's start
3: with your Sam Hartman, Riley Leonard comparison. Okay. Let's look at through the NFL lens. Mel Kuyper had Riley Leonard as a potential first-round draft pick going into the year. Whether you think that that's silly or not, he never had Sam Hartman. Right, but he never had Sam Hartman in that bracket. I would say still, if Riley Leonard said, I'm just kidding, I'm going into the draft instead, he would get picked ahead of Sam Hartman. Agreed. So... You are looking at somebody with better traits and tools for the NFL game. Now, how about college game? I think in some ways he also has that because of his running skill set. Now, where Sam Hartman was more of a sure thing was you have all this leadership. I mean, you have a guy that his year at Notre Dame, he was a fourth-year captain a guy that got better with his passing every year. Even at Notre Dame, it was slightly better passing efficiency rating that he had at, in, in any of these years at Wake Forest in a new system. Um, but, again, Riley Leonard, 6'4", Sam Hartman's about six one, Right. And And so he projects differently. Now, will he get there? That's kind of Notre Dame's. Job and his job both. We talked on the phone yesterday about the three Heisman finalists, and I shared with you their stats. And if you looked at their stats, now this is from two years ago when Jaden Daniels was at Arizona State, uh, Michael Penix was at Indiana, <laughs> and um, and then Bo Nix was at Auburn. Or Eagle. You look at their stats, Oof. none of them are were guys that you would be jumping up and down about. I mean, they would, (laughs) yeah. I mean, Tyler Buckner had as good a statistics as those guys did. But there was certainly great material there. And I think that's what you see in Riley Leonard. There is potential here that he can bring out in himself and that Notre Dame needs to bring out in him. And these other schools were able to do that with these three quarterbacks. Now, again, they had them for two years. Notre Dame only has Riley Leonard for one. But certainly, they made – I mean, Pennix made an incredible jump in one year at Washington. And I, we're going to have Mike Varell on tomorrow, and we can talk to him about that. Um, Jane Daniels was more incremental. Bo Nicks was more incremental. But it was still a significant improvement So that's what I think is possible with Riley Leonard. I think Notre Dame fans are skeptical because Sam Hartman delivered the numbers, but he didn't deliver the fairy tale. And that's what they wanted. They wanted the surprise season because Sam Hartman was here. And I understand that because we've been saying the missing piece is a quarterback. The missing piece is a quarterback. Well, the missing piece came and there were other missing pieces. The problem
2: was the fairy godmother lost the slipper on the way to the ball for <laughs> Sam Hartman at times. That's right. If you know I mean, where I'm going.
3: Right. So there was this inexperienced wide receiver core. There was a little bit more growth curve with the offensive line. You had a an offensive coordinator that was kind of finding his way, and there was no backstop for that. And so – it didn't turn out to be you you look at those 3 games that Notre Dame lost those were all winnable games Notre Dame oh. could have had that storybook and so people were like well why should why not Steve Angeli he looked pretty good he threw 75% of his passes when he was in there and and i don't disagree that Steve Angeli progressed a lot i think Steve Angeli was happy Sam Hartman was here cuz he learned a lot And he's going to get his opportunity to play in the bowl game against a diluted Oregon State defense with a diluted Notre Dame offense. So
2: Um, the one thing I do like, for the first time, a team will fully prepare – to defeat Steve Angeli. When he comes in and mop up roles, they haven't planned for him. Right. This will maybe be a game somebody will try to take something away that he does very well. I'm not sure Oregon State can do that, but this is the first time he will be game-planned for, and I'm really interested to see what Oregon State comes up with and how Steve Angeli reacts. The
3: ideal scenario,
2: in my opinion,
3: Darren, for Riley Leonard is, is that he develops as a passer – in Notre Dame's offense, that he becomes a much better than average passer. He's pretty average passer right now. He gives you one skill set already that helps you defeat the loaded box, and that's his running ability. You can load the box against him. Notre Dame was able to get work their way out of it, sometimes with the in sometimes with Deshaun Kaiser, where they didn't necessarily have to have that downfield. But, boy, when they had both – like
2: 2015, bingo.
3: I mean, that was what you really
2: wanted. Could you give our listeners a great example? And this was fantastic when you told me this yesterday. But the Hurricane game down in Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, that's the right game? Correct. When Notre Dame, they were getting stuffed. CJ Procise couldn't do anything against that Clemson defense. The Irish switched up how they attacked that loaded box. And what you saw that night, Eric, you believe could be sort of a trump card for the Irish this year with Riley Leonard. Right. So Notre Dame got down in that game with
3: crummy defense and crummy offense, and then they were working their way back. And Clemson was stuffing their traditional run game. And, and this is Nick Martin, Ronnie Stanley, uh, Quentin Nelson, younger Quentin Nelson, younger Mike McClinchy, but I mean, a pretty darn... Offensive line full of pros, and they were getting stuffed. And so Notre Dame went to the quarterback running game with Deshaun Kaiser, and they also started throwing to CJ Procise, who had been a wide receiver, and got him on the edge. And they crawled back into that game and were a two point conversion away, and some bad two point conversion decisions prior to that, but a two point conversion away from getting into that. It was a similar scenario against, and people will laugh now, against Temple, but that year, in 2015, Temple was a top 25 team. Matt Rule was their coach. They had the defensive player of the year, um, and they were really difficult to run a traditional run game. And again, Deshaun Kaiser in that game became the antidote. So in the Clemson game, he was Notre Dame's leading rusher, 55 yards on 14 carries, one touchdown. Um, And his passing, he was about, you know, a little over 50%, a couple of touchdowns, threw an interception, got sacked four times, so that took off of his running yards. But he was the reason Notre Dame got back into that game. And C.J. Procise did a great job. He had four catches for 100 yards and one touchdown, rushing the ball, 15 carries, 13 yards, that's how much Clemson stuffed their running game. So not only could they load the box, they also had NFL front four, too, and front seven. And so Riley Leonard gives you an answer to that. But again, if he can give you two answers to that, so that's why Notre Dame's 2015 offense was so effective all season because they had Will Fuller on the outside – they had a running game, and then they had Deshaun Kaiser. And what they didn't have was a defensive coordinator, and they had Brian Van Gorder, and
2: that cost them from getting to the playoff that season. I want to read something to you as we talk about Riley Leonard joining this Fighting Irish Football program. You laid out he is a dynamic runner, he is physical. Yep. Running the football, the game against Notre Dame, he did not have a great passing day, but he was a difference maker. He turned the game around when Duke decided to give him the football more, kind of like you were just talking about in the Notre Dame games. So I asked an analyst who has broken down his film just to give a couple of thoughts on Riley Leonard. My main question was, how would you describe his arm strength? I call it adequate. Was I being fair in that analysis? And the analyst told me yes. Good enough, not elite. He has zero elite traits. He has good traits, but nothing elite. Ball placement is below average, and his deep ball throwing is below average. Now, on Twitter, I made the comment when all this was announced, when people started talking about, and I did not agree with this, that Riley Leonard can make all the throws. Now, you can make all the throws once, Eric, but that doesn't mean you make all the throws. You have to do it consistently. So I asked someone that you are familiar with that knows a whole lot about Duke football. This question, is the narrative that Duke's lack of skill caused Leonard's passing numbers to suffer while at Duke? Is that fair or off the mark? And they responded, eh, there's some accuracy in that. They got better play from the wide receivers last season than this one. But I agree with the point you made on Twitter, if he could make all of the throws, he'd be going to the NFL. Right. That doesn't mean Notre Dame's getting a bad football player. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't want people to expect he's going to be throwing darts all over the field and the RPOs are going to be rolling and they're going to throw play action against man defense and it's going to be spectacular. He has the capability, Eric, I think, to do that. But what we have on tape right now shows He is not a complete passer. Again, with his pedigree running the football, I would call him a high football IQ guy. Physically, he's ready for the NFL. The missing trait is consistency throwing the football. I even had someone say this to me, that he's in book 2.0 to an extent. He'll read the first progression and then he'll take off and run that's one person's opinion. Not saying that's fact, but that's people I've asked giving me their assessments. So, of all that information I gave you right there, do you agree with any of that? Does anything stand out from that conversation?
3: I think there's a lot of um, a lot to like in that conversation and and I'm looking at Gino Goduli as a big piece in this too, um because he developed a guy that was very similar in skill set to Riley Leonard, and that's Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Desmond Ritter's college stats, his passing efficiency stats, and how much better he got over the years. Um, he, you know, from his sophomore year to his senior year was a huge jump uh, in terms of his decision making, in terms of his accuracy. Uh, and so this will be helpful. This is a player that's in Gino Gadouli's wheelhouse in terms of, I can help him with the run game. I can help him with the pass game. I can help him toggle back and forth. What will be interesting is if his skill set helps Jared Parker. And you, you would say, well, wait a second, isn't he, Jared Parker supposed to help Ryan Leonard? I mean, that's going to be his Assignment this winter is to retool Notre Dame's offense to make the best out of this guy. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I think he gives Jared Parker some answers against the loaded box. Yes, But Jared Parker's job is to give him checkmate instead of check with the loaded box. Oh, yeah? Well, I can run it, and I can also beat you. That's also incumbent about some other things happening, like Notre Dame... Notre Dame's new tackles being pretty good, which there's a lot of talent there, but you're losing Joe Alton and Blake Fisher with Chris Mitchell from Florida International being a true deep threat on the outside and the other receivers kind of stepping up as well. Notre Dame's still shopping for another uh, portal wide receiver. They already have two. So there are some other things and certainly, you know, that Notre Dame's running backs that Jeremiah Love and the other guys are what you think they are going to be, Jadarian, Jadarian Price and so forth. But it, it's really interesting because Gino Gadulli is a big part of this. And when you look at the rest of the depth chart, most of these guys kind of have that skill set. C.J. Carr's a little bit more dual threat than he's probably given credit for. Okay. Kenny Menchie is definitely. Yeah. Deuce Knight is... the <laughs> Dictionary picture of dual threat. <laughs> so this is a good thing for Jared Parker and Gino Goduli kind of going down this road. I'd say Steve Angeli's the least dual threat, but he's not
2: a statue either. Eric, I think you can add some context to what I'm about to say, so I'll start the conversation. You can finish it. Lost in the shuffle, and I am not making an excuse for Sam Hartman. It's going to sound like it, but I think if we put ourselves in – going to a new job and the person that is going to train me is new to the company and they're learning yeah. along the way, it's going to be very difficult on me, the new employee to figure everything out because the guy training me still doesn't know everything. Right. Well, it, that was a big thing of last year. Gino Gaudouli was learning this offense as right. he was teaching Sam Hartman. In fact, I think last summer you had a conversation right. with Sam Hartman about that. Right. And, and he um Bailing crossed his
3: mind. I mean, uh, this isn't what he signed up for, and he felt he called it thin ice. and but he believed in the team and he believed in his teammates and Marcus Freeman that this would turn out okay. You know, it'd be interesting when we get a chance to talk to him next, which I'm not sure when that will be, but um, it would be interesting to talk to him, to see if he felt like he got what he thought he was going to get out of the experience. I think I think he wouldn't regret it, but it wasn't what he signed up for. He was signing up for a more experienced um, offensive coordinator and somebody that had coached quarterbacks at Notre Dame. That's what he thought he was getting, and he and he didn't, he didn't. get that. And it no. was a difficult thing and learning a, a new system with footwork. I think Geno did. A pretty good job with him, and I think I think that
2: um, Sam would say that. And Riley Leonard, you could argue, has a better chance to succeed here because Godouli has now been in the system for a year, and you could say he is better prepared to help Riley Leonard understand what Jared Parker is expecting from him. I know there was RPO principles in that Duke offense, and you would have to imagine that Jared Parker is going to take advantage of that.
3: You would hope. I mean, this is such a big offseason and big year coming up for Jared Parker. And I think we'll get to the Twitter question later that you had yesterday, yeah. which is kind of an interesting question. But I would say this I think Riley Leonard and Sam Hartman know each other well enough that Riley Leonard asked his opinion about what he was getting into. And he must have at least said good things about Gino Gadulli in terms of developing quarterbacks and, yeah. and must have at least didn't say, Oh my gosh, by all means, avoid run. Jared Parker." run, <laughs> run. No, this isn't the place.
2: <laughs>
3: the other thing that's interesting about Riley Leonard and Bo Collins is, is this a, is this a litmus test that Notre Dame's admissions is yes. doing? Is it a, start of a trend because they are admitting two juniors who don't have their degrees with one year of eligibility left. This is kind of new territory. Brandon Joseph kind of fit into this category, and you could say, well, Riley Leonard High Academic School Clemson, and this isn't a slam against Clemson, um, but it's not looked at in the same bracket as Duke and Northwestern in terms of academic
2: credits transfer they're not getting into the Big Ten
3: right and and so there's a safety that Marie brought up in chat Marie from Atlanta today that uh, Notre Dame could look at who is in that same boat all of a sudden is that door open to Notre Dame if it is this changes everything in terms of the transfer market from Notre Dame now they can't get everybody but players in good standing um, that that are junior have finished their junior year. That was a hard no before
2: that was a hard, no Riley Leonard to Notre Dame. And you get all these parts coming in and I hope I'm being fair, but I just worry sometimes we as fans see all these parts come in and just magically think it's all going to work because we're fantasy football managers and you just plug in players and it magically works. I mean, Eric, a lot is going to go into this. you got players coming from different systems. Florida International was more up-tempo. Did they run things close to what Notre Dame does? There's just a lot of learning curves for everybody, and it's just tough the first game is against Texas A&M, who, oh, by the way, their head coach knows how to beat Riley Leonard.
3: He does, but they have their own... Well, they have Carter Carls to deal with. On, <laughs> but they have their their own – I mean, have you seen how many – Oh, it's like, goodness. It's like Carter Carls is – he's getting married in May. I don't think he's
2: seen his fiance
3: <laughs> since the portal opened <laughs> because of all the exiting portal guys that they have.
2: I bet you all those guys made sure that last NIL check came in. Well, you know, that's one of the things that's kind of interesting
3: because – Some of the people that follow Texas A&M maintain that these guys signed an NAL contract that they'd stay at Texas A&M,
2: and they are leaving anyways. Hmm. So it's pretty interesting. I know there was a situation. It's not Notre Dame. I'm going to make that point. But I was told the story. There was a college basketball player that decided to go into the transfer portal during the season last year and waited to announce it several weeks to make sure that final check came in and as soon as he got that final check he bolted that's college sports where we are today Eric Hansen publisher editor insideindiesports.com read more about Riley Leonard and the breaking news from today at insideindiesports.com again Joe Alt to the NFL Jack Kaiser returning Duke defensive end RJ Oben is out of the portal and picks Notre Dame. And last, for a good reason, but still kind of newsy, Drew Pine back at Notre Dame, but not going to play football, just going back to school. Twitter question of the day coming up, 5.52, on your Home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday sports beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: I'm Darren Pritchett with Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at 5:57 On this Wednesday evening, we have reached our Twitter X question of the day. I now label it the sports beat at InsideIndieSports Twitter question of the day because you <laughs> send it out to your listeners and now we get a new variety of opinions on everything involving Notre Dame athletics. So yesterday I asked a two-part question. Part one, do you like Notre Dame picking up quarterback Riley Leonard? Part two, do you believe the current Notre Dame offensive coaching staff will get the most out of Leonard? And I also had to add in or another transfer portal quarterback because if you said you don't like Leonard, I had to kind of give an avenue to answer part two of the question. Make sense, everyone? I hope so. So basically, you could answer yes, 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 no, no, yes, no, no. Here's what happened. We start with fourth place in the voting at only 2.5%. They voted for no. I don't like Riley Leonard being picked up by Notre Dame. But yes, the coaching staff would be able to get the most out of whomever the transfer portal quarterback would be. Interesting. I didn't think that would get any play. It got a little third place in the voting at 9.8%. They voted for no, I don't like the picking up of Riley Leonard and no, the coaching staff would not be able to get the most out of the transfer portal quarterback. Must have been a lot of Michigan fans voting or something. All right, so now we go to second place. 41.8% said... I like Notre Dame picking up Riley Leonard. And yes, I believe this offensive coaching staff will get the most out of Riley Leonard. Winning the vote, 45.9% said, I like Notre Dame picking up Riley Leonard, but no, I do not believe the current Notre Dame offensive coaching staff will get the most out of Riley Leonard. Honestly, I'm not surprised. In fact, I thought that might get a little more play. We had almost 800 votes in this poll question. So people must have understood it. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I was kind of worried about that. So, Eric, what's your reaction to the numbers, and and where do you fall in this particular question?
3: I, I think it's interesting that that many people were on board with Riley Leonard and happy that he was coming uh, because I we've certainly got a lot of the people that don't want to see a transfer portal quarterback are pretty loud. And it was obviously a loud minority. I, I, I realize these aren't scientific polls, but I think it it reflects what people think pretty well. Um, now I will give you my answer. And I think it might surprise you. I said yes. I love the uh, acquisition of Riley Leonard, and I said no. Uh, and the reason is they have to prove it to me. Um, they put themselves in that position. I'm not saying they can't, but I think it's fair to say you got something to prove. I said that about Al Washington last year. He proved and he it. he proved it. You bet. Yep, he did. And I give him credit for that. I
2: would have voted the same way as you. Yep, he can. Come and dance on my lawn. <laughs> I almost look at it this way. Out of the, all the guys in the portal, is Leonard my favorite? No. But I do like the pickup. But I think the bigger question is what I asked. Can these guys get the most out of him? And I'm just not convinced. Who would, it has to be proven to me. Who would you like better, oh, Dino? The know? Ward kid from Washington State yeah. is just dynamic
3: he is but he doesn't give you the running dimension that's what i understand interesting. I, I think he maybe has it in him but he certainly hasn't done it in his
2: career and he's he's fantastic i love him justin fields didn't run i'm sorry cj stroud did not run a whole lot at ohio state until the georgia game and he's carried that on now to the nfl he's actually a pretty good carry of the football. Yeah. Some some guys I mean, show Tre- it differently.
3: Trevor Lawrence, they didn't let him run, but I mean, he was a really good runner, and he ran against Notre Dame. Yeah. And he ran in some games where where he needed to. So.
2: I think the bigger story is the coaching aspect of this. I
3: do too. I really do. I, it's fascinating because, again, Jared Parker needs to show improvement, but he also needs to retool that offense, and it, it's just. Really, really fascinating where that's going to go. And now you have a new wide receivers coach, Mike Brown, who's coaching in the bowl game. So they'll already get a
2: taste of that. Like what he did at Cincinnati. He had some guys that were not highly thought of and turned them into good players, like Alec Pierce, yeah. now with the Indianapolis Colts. So he has a track record. Right. He does have a and track record. And so that's record. why you give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. Others haven't proven it. They don't get the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Okay. Today's question, with Riley Leonard at quarterback, do you expect the Notre Dame offense to be better in 24 than it was in 23? It is a yes or no question. And based on how people voted yesterday, the answer today, what I've seen so far, the straw poll, totally the opposite.
3: Well, I mean, you you have to consider what's lost around the quarterback. If you said Sam Hartman's coming back for a seventh year, he's going to be 30. And, uh, I think the answer would probably be no, just based on who you're losing on the offensive line and elsewhere. So I'm going to say no, but I do think in the big games, it does have a chance to be better. And that's where it counts. I mean, running up, you know, having big numbers against FCS teams and Group of Five teams doesn't matter if you can't win the big games.
2: And we still have three weeks before the portal closes. So there could be a guy or two chasing cash. Who knows? And if they leave, then it changes the dynamic once again. So if you'd like to vote on today's question, Just go to Twitter slash X and find my account at 960 Sportspeak. And I just reposted it so it'll be on mine, too. Thank you so much. And your X account is? E. Hanson N.D. E. Hanson N.D. Okay, before I get to what's coming up at InsideNDSports.com, obviously a people... Listen to our program way back when or, or now. The sound effect I love using when we're having one of those moments is, you know, this. We love the movie Coming to America, right? Yes, we do. Have you heard about the tie-in to Monday Night Football? You were doing your podcast on Monday Night, but you know what happened? Mm-mm. The New York Giants kicked a game-winning field goal as time expired to beat the Green Bay Packers. Eric, you should have known this was gonna happen because Eddie Murray told us, Eddie Murphy told us way back then. Listen to this.
0: Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, it was most exhilarating. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. And in the end, the Giants triumphed by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. It was a most ripping victory. Is that
2: perfect? I was, what?
3: <laughs> did you watch the sequel to? Coming I did. To- yeah, that was that was amusing.
2: It was good. No, yeah. it was good. The second time around's tough. Caddyshack yeah. two might be the worst. Yeah, Caddyshack the two worst, was the worst
3: ever. Th- sequel. The biggest drop off. That was yeah. That was so disappointing
2: because Caddyshack is in my top five movies oh, ever. Ultimate. Ultimate comedies. Coming to America is right there. You must be out of your mind. <laughs> uh-huh. There we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was awesome. I mean, the fact that... Is, that,
3: that is amazing.
2: Unreal. All right. Let's get to this particular soundbite because it tells us all we are about to learn what you should expect when you go to Eric's website. Tyler's website, Charleston's website at InsideIndieSports.com. Well,
3: if you want to read the number one story trending on the entire Rivals Network right now, click on my chat transcript on the future of bowl games, Notre Dame's portal patterns, lots of other things we discussed today. We have a story on linebacker Jack Kaiser returning for the 2024 season, story about Duke transfer R.J. Oban, Tyler talked to R.J. about why he picked Notre Dame, Uh, Xavier Watson, Joe Alt becoming All-Americans and much, much
2: more. All at (laughs) InsideNDSports.com. We've got football on December the 28th.
0: Sir, I was wondering, did you happen to catch the professional football contest on television last night?
2: Notre Dame and Oregon State. It'll be a 2 o'clock kickoff, and I forgot they're kicking off at noon in El Paso time. That's got to be a tough one.
3: Hopefully they will not have snow removal issues this time.
2: Do you remember what they used last time? Tell the story. Do you remember?
3: Yes, they took lunch tables, turned them on their (laughs) sides, and pushed them across the field to remove the snow. And they did a pretty good job.
2: Were you at that game?
3: No, Okay. it was Al Lessar.
2: We were talking about it on game day because Al, I think, phoned in and told us they're taking tables to get the ice
0: off the field
2: i told that story recently and somebody said why didn't they go like to walmart or something i'm like i'm not expecting walmart in el paso texas to have anything that's going to clear off ice <laughs> yeah. maybe some hot tamales but that's about it
3: and el Paso's not close to any place that would <laughs> normally know? that yeah
2: that, that was crazy maybe the zambonis at the dallas stars games that's about all i got all right, I'll let you out of here. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll talk some more football. Sounds great. That's Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndiesports.com. He knows about kicking oblong things through those H's. There's no doubt about it. More sports beat coming up in a couple of moments on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.